the Lloyd's List Shipping Podcast. Welcome to the Lloyd's List Podcast. I'm Richard Mead, editor of Lloyd's List. Listen carefully and you will hear a worrying noise coming from the engine room of shipping this week. It's the sound of mild panic, confusion and suits jostling for position as the industry prepares to account for its position in the global effort to decarbonise. When governments meet in Glasgow in late November for the most important environmental conference since the 2015 Paris Agreement, shipping's not going to top the agenda, but it is going to be an easy target. Before we get there, we've got the IMO's crucial Marine Environment Protection Committee in June, so you can expect that noise to only get louder over the coming weeks. Over the past seven days, we've seen the UK confirm that it's adding shipping into its emissions targets. We've seen the US pulling off an impressive post-Trump U-turn, joining the push at the IMO to uh, get to absolute zero by 2050. Ship owners, meanwhile, are demanding market-based measures from the IMO as soon as possible, and the European Commission has set out exactly what shades of green are going to be able to get green financing, sending a clear message to the shipping industry that it is currently the wrong hue. Oh, and the World Bank has incurred the wrath of those shipping and energy companies who have collectively invested billions of dollars into LNG as a transitional fuel by coming out against further funding of the fuel and its infrastructure. What can I say? It's been a busy week. Now, the list of caveats to those impressive statements are longer and more time-consuming than a traffic jam in the sewers. So I'm simply going to urge you to visit loislist.com and work your way through our analysis and explainers this week. And then ask you to sign up to our free webinar on May the 12th. How to decarbonize shipping is the title. We're going to be able to answer all of your questions and many more in quite some depth. In the meantime, I wanted to get a guest on the podcast this week who is grappling with the big questions directly and trying to make the right decisions amid a lot of confusion in the industry. Eric Hanel is the chief executive of Stena Bulk, which recently unveiled its five-step plan to decarbonize by 2050 as the company transitions to a more sustainable fleet. Stena is one of many companies trying to do this. Uh, it's trying to set itself a pathway to a carbon-free future. But Eric acknowledges that that is going to require companies like Stena to take risks, uh, to incur some serious costs and to make decisions based on very few certainties. He also accepts that for all the eye-catching statements of ambition and targets being fired out this week, that the industry is still nowhere near where it needs to be in terms of providing tangible metrics to prove its carbon trajectory to politicians and society at large come November. I really wanted to start the conversation with this question of leadership in 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 getting to uh, getting the shipping industry to to zero carbon and and the fact that you are having to make decisions having to make plans having to set out your stall amid what is realistically a series of uncertainties you don't know about public policy that is yet to come you don't know about the fuels that are yet to emerge you certainly don't know about the pricing so amid all of those uncertainties how do you go about setting out an agenda for a series of decisions that you don't know how you're going to make them yet. Mm. No, and uh, I mean, if if you look at the look at the the plan we have now until 2050, uh, you you can you can say that uh, the further out you get, 
Uh, of course, we have we have a few stakes in the ground there, but exactly how it will look like at that time is, of course, that remains to be seen and how we will reach those, those goals. Uh, on the other side, uh, today uh, we we are we are facing 2023 and we are facing 2030. That is not that far away. So of course we we have to take uh, make decisions uh, uh, rather soon, uh, and some has already been taken uh, about how how uh, we uh, we like to. Well, first of all, uh, develop our business uh, so we, we can continue to be uh, yeah, profitable and, and, and also uh, someone to count with going forward uh, in, in near term. But, but of course, also in addition to that, you know, we, we have to make sure that we have, we have the right mindset, we have the right focus and we definitely <clears throat> we have a lot of ideas that we need to explore to make sure that we we are, we are following the trends and the requirements and the regu regulations from authorities that, that we don't know about yet. But, but at the same time, we have a quite a good idea of where we're heading. Uh, and it's basically based on those uh, facts that, uh, that needs to be narrowed, that we are then taking steps already today uh, to have a number of pathways. Uh, that we are following, uh, so so we we have a chance to reach the goals uh, that we now need to take or will have in the future. Mm. But just on that issue of uncertainty, I mean, how much of a gamble are investments in your view right now, um, given the uncertainties? What what is the sort of the you know, mental calculation that's going through your mind as you're setting out this agenda? You're you're putting out a five point plan. You're you're trying to add some measurability to how you get there. We know the broad direction, but the yeah. detail is missing. Yeah. So just talk us through how you you assess that risk. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, what, what we, I mean, there are of course two different uh, risks here, and uh, one one risk is uh, with the ships you already have in your fleet and uh, that you own, and then the, the next risk is uh, if you are planning to build something right now. And and the, the risk that we are we are then looking at with the already the ships already have in our portfolio, that's of course an evaluation based on on the facts that again needs to be narrowed, but we 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 believe will happen, and and get make an evaluation of what it will cost for us to to live through with those ships through 2030 and first of all until 2030, but through 2030 as well. Uh, and and those those uh, those risks are are uh, well something we 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 actually have a pretty good grip of uh, in respect of uh, finance and money uh, and what it will cost us. Uh, then on the other side, uh, if we talk about new buildings, that is uh, for sure a lot bigger uncertainty. Uh, uh, because uh, if you order something today, uh, you will have it delivered 2023, uh, 2024, if you order a series to ship. And uh, with the technology that is that is available today, how how valid would that technology be 2035? And mm. uh, and I think that is that is uh, I think is extremely difficult for us right now. And of course you can. You can you can uh, take a gamble on it, and uh, I'm sure that people will do that. Uh, but but uh, I think from Sinabalik's point of view today, uh, we would not do it. We would rather wait uh, for time being and actually see first of all see what kind of regulations are really put in place, and then 
uh, in respect to technology, uh, it is still quite expensive to do anything else than than traditional propulsion with uh, with uh, gasoline fuel or or, or any of those uh, fuels that you can use for a, for a, if I may say standard engine. But uh, I mean, if you look at LNG, if you look at uh, methanol, if you look at uh, uh, any other sources, uh, like I mean, batteries is of course uh, something that is already there to a degree uh, on at least short term. See, uh, then they are all, uh, you know, it is a risk taking from the ship owner if he doesn't have a long term contract. So, so, uh, uh, and, and based on that, of course, yeah, if we if we would order something today, uh, we definitely like to order something that is that is. Uh, uh, that will work uh, through this through this uh, scenario that, where we will have to do quite a lot in respect of, of uh, emissions and and carbon uh, carbon uh, releases in there. Uh, so so we have to have a tech, uh, technological solution that uh, works through this time uh, with with minimal adjustments or at least a, a controlled financial adjustments. Uh, so so uh, based on that. I think it is it is again extremely difficult right now to to take a decision to build. It's interesting. I was reading through the latest report from the World Bank last night, and they've come down very negatively on on the side of LNG, which obviously is a technology that was being fully embraced by certain aspects of the industry in terms of dual fuel and its ability to reduce carbon, but. The report there recommends that countries should avoid new public policy that supports LNG as a bunker fuel and reconsider existing policy support. And this really just goes back into this idea that there are still significant uncertainties that are well beyond the control of the shipping companies themselves. Mm. You can have a you know a shipping company that is willing to invest. You can have a shipping company that you know like Stena is is curious that is 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 determined to find pathways uh but there are so many undecided factors so many aspects that are within the control of the energy sector of public policy of the uh, collaboration with your immediate partners these are all aspects that you have very little agency over and i'm interested to understand uh, you know how you view that 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 issue of collaboration because that's something that you've talked about and the fact that you know the shipping companies themselves cannot be the the sole answer to any of these questions and it's it's very much an issue of collaboration it's very much an issue of understanding where shipping and the shipping companies sit within a wider supply chain yeah no um <laughs> If you look at the last, uh, I would say the last 15, 15 20 years, it, it has been very difficult to to uh, make long-term contracts uh, with, with uh, I would say most customers. You have a few, you have a few uh, that are doing it, but most uh, most companies on the tanker side, we are talking about uh, five to seven-year contracts, and and uh, you know the investments that you're doing is of course uh, not paid back in that time. Uh, it's it's going to take uh, you know uh, a ship uh, a tank is supposed to last for 30 years and we I mean we know we have other obstacles until they're t- turning 30 years but but nevertheless you know that's the calculation you have to make uh, that they're going to last for 30 years and if you do, and especially now if we now coming into new technology that actually no one is there to pay for uh, if you build a ship with an LNG engine uh, or dual fuel. 
uh, I would say that you are getting the same uh, spot rate as you do with a traditional ship, uh, mm. with a traditional engine. And so, so uh, what you need here is, of course, um, a partner on the other side that is there to take the risk with you, uh, and 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 make sure that uh, you know they have the same view of uh, what what we need to do now for the industry. Uh, otherwise, you know, uh, of course, it will it will slow down the process uh, uh, to a very high degree. Uh, uh, at least if all all uh, other values are the same, but uh, but at the same time here, I think uh, you know coming into another port, we, we can take that later. But but uh, you know, when it comes to collaboration, as such, you know, it is uh, of course more important than ever that we find partnership across across the industry and even outside the industry that are there there to and willing to make make investments that might be a little bit uncertain, uh, but we all have to share the risk in it. And, and uh, I think that comes from all from um, suppliers uh, to the ships, building ships and, and to the ship owner and the customer and, uh, and uh, of course, the industries that are, are, are uh, a part of, uh, of the, if I may say, the food chain in uh, what we are carrying. I mean, it's interesting, the, the, you know, the, the, the costs can't be ignored. We saw uh, an update this week from uh, the maritime economist Martin Stotford, who's um, revised some earlier calculations and puts a, a price tag of $3.4 trillion on the basic global fleet upgrade needed to get shipping through to IMO 2050. I mean, that question of who pays, uh, mm. where the R&D comes from, is not a simple uh, calculation. It's not going to be um, one answer. There is a you know a very complex series of stages that obviously the entire industry needs to go through. But I mean, how do you view um, ideas like the um, the carbon levy and R and D funds that are uh, being proposed by by various groups? Do you do you think the industry needs to do more to uh, drive this innovation and this research and development funds? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, well. Uh, I, I think we, I think we're doing quite a lot right now, uh, and uh, I think we we are working quite hard. Uh, everyone sees sees it coming, and and uh, I was actually in a panel yesterday around this matter, and and we we are uh, we are definitely not alone in Stena Valk or in Stena. We there are many many other very good companies out there that is uh, viewing this in the same way, and they are working hard with it. And uh, but I think again, there everyone is asking for collaboration. Uh, and uh, traditionally, I don't think we have been very good at that in shipping. Uh, but uh, with this with this task, I think uh, I have a hope that we will see more of it. Uh, but then also, you know, it's so much it's so much at stake here. Uh, uh, the cost for it absolutely is going to be tremendous. But I think it will also be many different. Uh, uh, companies and many different industries that will share this cost because we are so dependent on it. And uh, I mean, look look at the, the oil producing countries as an example, right? Uh, uh, they they, they uh, have a lot at stake. I mean, the the, the whole the the, uh, the oil they have available in in in, in the countries and and the reserves they have. Uh, of course, they will continue to be dependent on the oil for a very long time there. Uh, I'm sure that they are working on technical solutions uh, to make this as as clean as possible. Uh, that is one thing, of course. And then you have on the other side, 
uh, you have uh, you have uh, the solar panel manufacturers. Uh, they want to uh, probably want to make sure that the, that they find solutions for for ships as well. Uh, so so and then of course you have the ship owners in between here. And and uh, we are we are probably more practical in 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 uh, in our view and what we can do and don't do. And we have our existing fleet, so we are probably not not looking that far ahead but we want to make sure that we are running our ships own ships in a in an efficient way and that we can then live through the regulations uh, uh, that uh, and and that's of course something that that we we are focusing on to find uh, you know immediate technical solutions that is affordable and you have a payback time that uh, at least through the through the uh, the lifespan of the ship mm. uh, so so uh, yeah it, it's it's uh, I, I am, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, am I worried? Yeah, a little bit, but I was more worried a year ago. Uh, but I see with the speed things are going right now, I'm, I'm, I have to say I'm pretty positive that we will find solutions for, for uh, the challenges we're now facing. Well, you, you, you talk about the, the, the pace of uh, developments, and I think it's true. I think we are seeing real uh, progress being made. We are seeing uh, a number of individual companies and groups within the industry making genuine advances but i would also characterize some of the progress as greenwash frankly uh you know we are talking about shipping as being a homogenous whole of course it's not it's a very fragmented industry and there are good players and not so good players out there i mean how do you think the industry is doing in terms of distinguishing between real progress real tangible metrics that can be delivered versus the marketing element that is out there and some of these announcements around offsetting uh, and the fudging of what net zero actually is in terms of real reductions and you know is there is there enough clarity in terms of how sustainability is being measured in the industry no far away from it and i think that that is uh, that is what we're all waiting for uh, and and uh, we we need a lot of clarity in that and what will be measured and and uh, what we are really should really go for, uh, and and I certainly hope that within this year we will have a at least clearer picture in that respect. Uh, but but I mean we can just look at ourselves in Stena Valk. Uh, we we have changed our mind a few times already uh, in in how we will measure things, uh, and uh, it's not that we we are trying to greenwash anything. Absolutely not. But but it is very difficult to to get. Uh, get a grip of what the different parties are looking for, and the different parties in this respect is, of course, authorities, its banks, its uh, its uh, other stakeholders, and 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 uh, partners, and so on. So, so uh, we, I think, I think the the uh, I would say regulators and authorities need to. This is what they should definitely focus a lot on to make sure that we. We have good tools, and uh, we have a we have a system that we we uh, we are all follow, uh, following uh, going forward here, uh, and that's very easy to say and a lot lot more difficult to get done. But uh, but I think we have that's where we have to start, and until then we can only guess what we need. Uh, but but uh, I, I think, and of course, if we. If we're guessing what we need, uh, we will still be probably not be that far away from what what we think is going to be. But but nevertheless, instead of wasting uh, unnecessary investments or things that um, might be wrong, you know, then it's a lot better to get clarity here as quick as possible to make sure that we're doing the right things for for what will be required. 
as you say, easier said than done, but we will continue to pursue the questions and hopefully we will uh, have a return visit from you on the podcast at some point in the near future when we can revisit some of these things and see how we are progressing as an industry. But for now, uh, Eric Canal from Stenabolk, thank you very much for joining the Lloyd's List podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you.